Matthew chapter 5 as we look at God's blessings this morning. So I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew 5 and to stand in God's honor as I read aloud. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me go on down. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. Master, as I come to you, Lord, I just humbly beg for your anointing, God. Father, I, I pray that in this message, O oh God, that, Lord, it, it would be clear that, uh, Father, there's a fire, Lord. And it would be clear, Father, that there's a flow that I just don't ramble. And, Father, that there might also, Lord, um, be faith that is shown forth, Lord. Father, all that comes by the work of the Holy Spirit, not by any of us. So Holy Spirit, we invite you here. Father, continue to work. We feel your presence, and Lord, we want to leave here continuing to say the Lord was with us in a special way today. So Father, just continue to show yourself. In your name we pray. Amen. Now guys, as we look at this section of Scripture, it is directed to those who followed Jesus, those who came and sat and listened to Him and who loved Him. But there were also some people out there who were uh, religious people, but they didn't really know and love Jesus. Because what was typical in that day with the religious teachers, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, was it was the religious people that were into rules. And, and they were heavy into burden instead of heavy into blessing. And they would often miss God's blessing because they saw everything as a burden. I have to go to church. I have to worship God. I have to follow all these rules or God's mad at me. He's upset with me. And, and that was often the way religion was perceived among God's people because of the religious teachers had this stern type of attitude in regard to serving God and loving God. Um, it's like I read about... Uh, in a church where in the middle of winter there was this real strict legalistic church and, and it was cold and the lake was frozen and the road to go to church the pastor followed was the only way he could get there it was closed down so the only way he could get to the church was to go across the frozen lake so he happened to have his ice skates in back of his car so he put on the ice skates and skated across the lake went to church and when he got there the elders saw him carrying the ice skates and they freaked out they said, Preacher, how can we possibly have church today since on the Sabbath you ice skated? You can't ice skate and serve God in Jesus. 
And they looked at him and said, what are we going to do? He said, well, look, the only way I could get here is to cross that lake, and I wanted to get across it as fast as possible, so that's why I used the ice skate. And, and so they convened, they talked about it, and finally they came up uh, with an answer. They said, okay, preacher. They looked at him in the eye, and they said, did you enjoy it? And he said, well, no. And he said, then I guess it's okay. Hey, look, may it never be said that we don't enjoy God. We don't enjoy being His people. We don't enjoy His blessings. As, as I share this message this morning, I just want to say to you, God's people, hey, 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 listen, He's not a burden. Serving Him is not meant to be a burden. It's meant to be a blessing. And as we look at His Scripture this morning, He's talking about over and over again, blessed, blessed, blessed. Our lives are to reflect Jesus it's like, I love the story of the, the, the little girl. She was at church, and she heard the preacher speak the gospel. And so she said to her mom, she said, Mom, is it true that God's bigger than we are? Yeah. Is it true that He wants to live in our hearts? Yeah, dear. Said, well, if He's bigger than we are, and when we trust Him, He lives inside us, shouldn't He show through? Man, He should stick out of us. He should be clear in our lives and upon our lips. That the blessing's flowing. It's not a burden. It's to be a blessing. And I, I want to look this morning as He opens up here. A couple of things we see here. When He saw the crowds, Jesus looked out, He saw the crowds, and He went up on a mountainside, and He sat down. And the, His followers, His disciples, they came to Him, and, and He began to teach them. As you look through the Scripture, as you look when Jesus taught, you, you see something clear, is that when, when people heard Him, they were, they were moved. They were in awe of Him. They were spellbound. You see, the, the truth of the matter is, guys, uh, one guy had said the worst sin a public speaker can commit is to be boring. And quite honestly, sometimes we're really guilty of that. But that's not God. That's not His intent. Man, there's nothing to be more exciting and more powerful than a walk with a living God. The blessing to, to pour out of our lives and, and, and to work through us. The very word beatitude means approved upon. The idea is it is a life that God approves of. And my goal this morning is to share with you from these messages of blessing the type of life God approves of. I believe all of us want to know God's power, His forgiveness. We, we, we want to be able to say that God loves us and, and understand that love. And, and that's what happens as we look here at these beatitudes, at these blessings, the life that God approves of, the, the life that He wants to flow from our lives. And that's what we're going to check out this morning and look at. So let's get started as we look at these. First, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus starts here, and he says, Blessed are the ones that they're, they're poor in spirit, bankrupt in spirit. He's not talking about how much money you have. He's not talking about how, how strong you are. He's not talking about how capable you are. He's not talking about your potential to, 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 to move up the ladder. He's talking about coming before Him and understanding that, guys, we are totally bankrupt before a living God. 
that we cannot do enough or, or earn His favor by our good works alone. That we're just too weak. I love the old song that says, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. That's the message here. And that's where it starts. It starts to come into the place of seeing that I simply cannot be good enough that I need someone who's fully good and His name is Jesus to enter my life and to provide the forgiveness that I am not capable of earning. Um, years ago, there was a company that came out with an instant cake mix. It was just to add water. But nobody was buying it because people were cynical. They were like, Oh, there's no way. There's no way that could be a good cake mix just with water. So they they took the recipe, they called the, the, the boxes back in of the cake mix, and they changed the directions in the recipe to say, add water and one egg. And then it began to sell. Why? Because people said, it's just too good to be true. Just water to add the egg. And as we look at the gospel, it, it, it's nothing that I can bring. It's to the cross I cling. You know, you almost look at that and say, there's got to be something I can do. No, He did it. It's not what I do. It's what He did. It's not what I give. It's what I've received from Him. That, guys, that's a, that's a key. Um, it, it says, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, the gift of God. Not by works. Why? So that no one can boast. In Titus 3, 5, it says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. And what's He say? He said, that guys, the people who get that, the people who see that, the people who understand they need a Savior and cry out to the Savior, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So that's where it starts. Um, heaven's our home. We, we didn't earn it. It's through Jesus. Think about this. She thoughts. We in heaven will be surrounded by people who have nothing to brag about. Nothing to fall back on. Nothing to prove. Only Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ. As a result of that kind of spirit, as a result of knowing nothing in my hand I bring, only to the cross of Christ I cling, will enter His presence. So that's where it starts. Moving on to the next one. He said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, th this is in conjunction with understanding that you're spiritually bankrupt. It is an idea of seeing God in His holiness, seeing our sinfulness, and, and being broken over it, saying, God, I want to stay close to You because I need You, Lord. I'm a mess, and I need You to keep me clean and to keep me close, Father, that I may be useful before You, God. And I think of Isaiah chapter 6. What a beautiful picture uh, where, you know, he is there and he is, uh, it says in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted. The train of his robe filled the temple. It talks about above him were seraphs, uh, certain angels each with six wings. Two covered their faces, two their feet, two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. And, and then it says, At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Why? Because the holiness of God just filled the place. It was so evident. And, and when Isaiah caught sight of the holiness of God, he also caught sight of his own unholiness, of his own sinfulness, of, of his own inadequacies. Look at verse 5. Woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined. 
I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. What's he doing? He's mourning his sin. He's mourning his condition. But it says that an angel, one of the seraphs, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth. He said, this has touched your lips. Your guilt's taken away. Your sin's atoned for. And, and then he's ready to serve as the voice comes out. Who will go out for me? And he says, here I am, Lord. He came to that place of being ready to serve because he understood who he was and he understood who God is. And he got all that in agreement with God. He got all that in alignment. He, he saw that clearly and, and trusted the Lord. You see, that's what it's talking about. It's not talking about always oh, looking like you're just sad and broken. Like the little girl said, that horse must be a Christian because he's got such a long face. <laughs> that's not the idea. The idea is just, it really what it is is saying, Lord, I need you, God. God, I'm a mess. And just keeping that before us, that we have a God that we can lean on and trust in. That's what it means. Third, the gentle shall inherit the earth. Uh, notice it says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Somehow we get this idea that's confused about meekness, that it means weakness. That's not what it means at all. It's actually talking about strength that's under control. As I thought about this, God, I, uh, people, I, I thought, you know, weakness is when we yield to sin. Meekness is when we yield to God. It's when we're under His power, His control in our lives. Uh, one guy had come up with this, um, Bill Farmer in his newspaper column, he, uh, he said he was a, uh, Upton Dixon was a fun-loving fellow who said he was writing a book entitled Cower Power. He founded a group of submissive people that was called Doormats. That stands for Dependent Organization of Really Meek and Timid Souls if there are no objections. <laughs> Their motto was, the meek shall inherit the earth if that's okay with everybody. Their symbol was the yellow traffic light. That's not what it's talking about here. It's talking about the person who is so under the control of God when it's an opportunity of it has to be about me or about God, he's able to say, God, it's about you. An example of that, remember Abraham and Lot when they looked out and there was all this country before them? And Abraham said to Lot, Hey, nephew, you choose where you want to go and I'll go the other direction. Hey, it was all Abraham's. It wasn't Lot's. Abraham was displaying meekness, power under control as he was looking to his nephew and not just to himself. When God gets a hold of his people, that's how we are. We're meek, strength under control. It's, it's the idea of a horse being broken, but then being useful, being, being ridden uh, under that control. The one who's truly meek is the one who's amazed God and man can think of him as well as they do and treat him as well as they do. <laughs> that's a sign of a meek person. Next one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It simply means we cannot get along without God. There is this insatiable appetite for Him. There's this understanding, God, without you, I'm in trouble. Without you, Lord, I'm sure to step on one of those landmines that the devil has out there. I'm sure to walk out of the safe pasture you want me to enjoy as I walk with you. Lord, keep me close. Lord, give me that hunger for you. Uh, it's the idea of, of keeping cattle well fed. It's the idea of God, 
Keep me close, Lord. Uh, then next, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Uh, mercy goes back to that old Hebrew term that means loving kindness. And it's a word that's used in the Old Testament to speak of Mephibosheth. Remember the guy that was blind? That was dropped as a little kid and became crippled in both feet. And David's men were looking for him at the command of David. And he thought, uh-oh, this means <laughs> I'm going to die because the king looks at me and, and you know, I was part of that Saul's family. But that wasn't the point at all. He was looking for a relative of his friend Jonathan, the son of Saul, and he wanted to bless him. He wanted to bring him to the king's table. He wanted to show him grace. He wanted to show him loving kindness. A cripple that could not work. A, a cripple that was looked at as being so limited. And, and yet that's not how... David looked at him. He looked at him as significant and as special because he thought of his friend, Jonathan. God looks at His people and He loves us and, and He treats us with His grace. Not because of what we can do, but because we belong to Him. Because we're His. And, and, and that's, that's grace. That's grace. Remember when Paul was converted and at first nobody wanted to trust him. I mean, you know, would you trust if you were a Christian and he'd been going around hurting your friends, killing them, taking away their stuff, throwing them in jail. That's not the kind of person you want to invite over for dinner. You know, there's not a big trust bond that happens there. And finally what happened, this guy Barnabas, whose name means son of encouragement, he, he came up to Paul and he said, I believe you're the real deal. I believe God's really taken hold of your life. And he served as a bridge between Paul and the apostles and he brought him to him and said, this guy's for real, trust him. Now that was grace that was extended. Barnabas became that bridge of grace, that extension of grace, and Paul received it. But there's a difference between grace and mercy. In mercy, uh, it's a response to one who's miserable and cannot help it. I think of Job. Remember all that pain that he went through? And he had these friends, instead of offering a bunch of encouragement, were trying to find reasons why he was hurt. You sure this isn't something you did, Job? That's not to be the heart of the disciple of Christ. We need to look at people who are broken and who are hurt and come along beside them. Pray for them. Try to find ways to build them up and to encourage them. He says, blessed are the merciful. They'll be shown mercy. We're to be a people of mercy. That's why in AA groups, and these groups that come together and they just are honest and they share their hearts and there's this support as mercy is extended to one another. Next, he said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is not a blessing that's extended to the one who's, you know, just aces the IQ test and is a genius or the one who is super strong. It's directed to the pure in heart. The, the one who has a heart that's, that's free from being divided, single-minded. There was a, a father with his young son and he was traveling down a country road and he saw this watermelon patch and he thought, I'm going to get me a watermelon. So he stopped the car and he got out and he said, now son, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to grab a melon. I want you to look this way. I want you to look that way and make sure nobody's coming. Look this way, look that way. And the little boy looked at him and said, well, daddy, didn't you forget something? He said, what, boy? He said, shouldn't I look up? You see, here's the thing. I'm not saying don't look this way and look that way to see who's watching. Just don't ever forget to look this way and know that He's watching. 
That's where purity comes from, the upward look of developing a heart that's not afraid to look up. Saying, God, keep me close. May I walk in your purity, Lord. And notice what he says here. They will see God. The one who walks close, who has a pure heart, becomes aware when God's at work and when he's absent from a particular activity. He gives us the promises, a sensitivity to his plans. And isn't that what we need? Isn't that what we long for? I've got to move on here. and getting there. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peacemakers lessen tension. They put people at ease. They're all for win-win situations. It's not about somebody being right. It's about people being right. That's a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. That, that's the call, that, that to be a child of God. It, it's something, man, when you're a peacemaker, people don't say, are you a Christian? They know there's something really different about you. That's the call. Uh, and then finally, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I thought it was interesting here that the promise at the last one here that deals with uh, persecution, being insulted, falsely accused, all this stuff, it comes back to the first promise, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We start out, we said, nothing in my hand I bring, only to the cross of Christ I bring. And we end up, when the accusations come, understanding, you know what? This place is not our true home. It says in Hebrews 11, where it talks about all the people who trusted God, but they never saw the end result of the blessing until they were in heaven. In Hebrews 11:13, a verse says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Hey, this, this trouble, it's not if, but when. It says that when you follow Jesus, you'll be a target to somebody. Not that you're trying to be. But he just promises that, you know, the element of the world, uh, the element of the enemy is against me. And when you live for me, then you too become a target of that. Uh, Harry Ironside uh, said it well. He said, uh, where there's light, there's bugs. Hey, when the light of Jesus is coming out of your life, there's bugs. There are people that are against you that are fighting you. Charles Spurgeon, uh, such a, a, a popular preacher of another generation. Uh, preachers have read his stuff and, of course, been encouraged and come up with ideas. Has God worked through this man powerfully? But he suffered from depression a lot. And he was criticized constantly. And it came to a point where he became very depressed and he just didn't want to get out of bed. And his wife didn't know what to do. She said, she said, Charles, you need to be reading Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. And she particularly kept thinking about this last promise here. And so she wrote it in big letters on a, a big piece of paper, and she taped it to the ceiling. So when Spurgeon would wake up in the morning, he would read, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For you in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And eventually that gave him strength when he'd wake up and see that and say, you know what? This isn't my home. 
And this is not because of me. It's because of my allegiance to Jesus. And he was able to go on. Guys, that, that needs to be our heartbeat. We need to see that this life, following Jesus, is not a life of burden. It's a life of blessings. And this is a life that flows all of these blessings. Let me close with this. Uh, this is written by J.B. Phillips. Now, this is the opposite of the Beatitudes here of Jesus. This is called the Beatitudes of Man. It says, Happy are the pushers, for they get on in the world. Happy are the hard-boiled, for they never let life hurt them. Happy are they who complain, for they get their own way in the end. Happy are the blasé, for they never worry over their sins. Happy are the slave drivers, for they get results. Happy are the knowledgeable men of the world, for they know their way around. Happy are the troublemakers, for they make people take notice of them. Hey guys, there's enough of those kind of people in this world. But what's needed is the kind of people who see God's blessings instead of man's blessings. And seek to let Jesus show through them. Let's pray. Lord, uh, good to hear from your word. Thank you, Father, for all that's happened today. We've been blessed in so many ways. Father, now we come to a, a time, Lord, to um, respond to you. What are you up to, Lord? There are some, Father, who maybe for the first time have said, Wow, I'm spiritually bankrupt. I, I'm trying to get this thing done and please God, but... I can't. I need to just get on my knees before Jesus and say, I can't, so Lord, enter my life and do it. Forgive me. Give me another chance, new start. Father, maybe someone here is there. I pray that now is the time. Just quietly and simply pray where they are. Lord, I'm tired of the fight. I just trust you. Enter my life. And then you'll show through me. And Father, just change me, Lord. Forgive me. For others, Father, that are here... Maybe they've just lost sight of you. And Father, it's convicting when you look at these Beatitudes that, that share about what we're supposed to look like. And, and Father, I pray just speak to us, Lord, the different areas that you want to work in us, Lord. You know what they are. Bring us to you. Father, if we meet and, Lord, and, you know, we feel, we feel good, but we don't listen to you, then it doesn't last. But when we feel good and we listen to you, and we let you change us, Lord. Man, that you can't put you can't put a price tag on that. And so that's my prayer this morning, Lord. Holy Spirit, you work, and may we respond. Whether it's to pray at this altar, whether it's to make a decision where we are, whether it's to come forward and tell the church family something you're doing to bless us, Lord, all of us, as well as you. What, I, what are you up to, Lord? We want to give you freedom. So, Father, as we begin to stand, as we begin to sing, Father, as we begin to come, may it all be pointed toward you. In your name we pray. Amen.